Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. God gave us a chooser when he created us. He gave us the ability to choose. He gave us that ability because love can only be expressed through a choice. God said, there's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. That's a choice. God said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was a choice. And we see throughout the Bible examples of where love is expressed through a choice. Apart from a choice, you cannot express love. God is love, but he expresses it through the choices that he makes. And so he gave us that ability. And the choice that he gave was, you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat of this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I thought, why in the world would he put that tree there? I know we had to have a choice, but couldn't there be another way? Why that tree? What is it that's the significance of that tree? So we know what good is. God is good. Anything good that comes down from God, what is evil? We have a misconception today of what evil is. Because if you say, what is the opposite of evil? Well, that would be good, right? From the knowledge of tree. But here's the thing. Evil is just a word we use to describe an absence of God. Okay, let me paint some pictures with this. I learned this a long time ago. I'm in construction, and I was talking to an air conditioning guy, and he was trying to explain to me the concept of a heat pump. And he said... To air condition the house, you have to take the heat out of the air. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't understand. So he explained to me that you can't make air cold. It becomes cold when you take the heat out of it. And so here's a little bit of physics. The reason why that is, is heat is produced by burning energy and expenditure of energy. Cold is not a force. Cold is a word we use to describe a lack of heat. It's, cold is not a force. Heat is a force because it's like if you burn a log, that's energy. The sun burns hydrogen. It's like a radioactive that creates heat, that burning, the energy. Anytime you have heat, it's because either friction or there's fuel being burnt. It's energy. That is a force. It is power. Cold is just an absence of heat. All right? Let's talk about light. Light is also an energy. It is a force. Light is created when you burn something, create heat. The sun creates light. Darkness is not a force. Darkness is a word we use to describe a lack of light, an absence of light. Looking at that, now this is, 
I don't think any accident. Jesus describes himself as light. And he says that he is the light of the world and the darkness cannot overcome it. When it's pitch black outside and you have, and it's cloudy, the moon's covered, no stars, you can see a cigarette butt a mile and a half away. That light from a cigarette, you can see it for a mile and a half. Because darkness is not a power, it's an absence of light. So as soon as you add light as a power, it dispels the dark. Suddenly you've added the force of light, so darkness no longer exists in that situation. God describes himself and Jesus as light. He is the light of the world. But now, cold is not a force, remember. It's an absence of heat. But if you go to the Antarctic and it's 50 below Fahrenheit, it will feel like a force because it will take the heat out of you and you will freeze to death because it will try and equalize. It will draw the heat out of you. So it will, even though it's an absence of heat, cold is an absence of heat, it will attempt to equalize, and so it will reduce your body temperature. It's no accident then that God describes in, in Revelations, when he's talking about mankind, for himself he uses light, but when he talks about mankind, and he's talking to the church of Laodicea, he said, I would rather you be either hot or cold, but not lukewarm. So he uses temperature when he talks about mankind and light when he talks about that. Now, why is that? Because what ends up happening, what that means is, is that you've just become adapted to your environment around you. You've become adapted to the world around you. And he would rather you either be hot, that would mean that you're on fire for him, or cold, this is why. Because what ends up happening, and I start talking to someone about Jesus and his love and everything, and they say, oh yeah, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe. You can't talk to him. It doesn't matter what you say, because they believe. They're not following. They're not walking it out. They're just checking out. I believe. They're lukewarm. There's nothing you can do. It would be better if they didn't believe because then at least there would be a chance that you can move them from unbelief to belief. But if they're in the middle, there's nothing you can do. They're going to stay stuck. Go, let's go back to evil. Evil is a lack or an absence of God, right? It says in James that we are led astray by our own desires. It's the desires that are in us. So you can't say the devil made me do it. The devil has no power. Evil being an absence of God. But now, let me say this. Evil has no force. The devil has no power. Demons, all that, what we would call evil, has no power. However, just like cold, when we live in an area that's absent of God, evil will overcome. It'll consume us. Draw the light out. Draw the heat out of us. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they knew what it was like to walk in the cool of the day with God. 
in his presence. There was the connection. We were intimately bound to God. Our spirits were intimately bound to him. When they ate of the tree and the separation happened, we experienced evil. What is evil? An absence of God. There was a break there. Our spirit went into coma. It says, surely you'll die. And, and biblical scholars say a better way to translate that is, is in dying, you will die. Or as time goes, you're going to be slowly dying and you are going to die. In dying, you will die. A better translation of that term, surely you will die. We now experience evil, a lack of God. But we have to understand that because in our lives, we look at it and we look around. You hear people say, if God is so good, why does he let all of these evil things happen? Well, that the whole thing of it is, is evil is an absence of God. God gave us the choice and it's a consequence of there not being God. God's not permitting it to happen just because. To walk in the consequences of our choices yes. so that we can learn. But so this is an important thing to know. We had the fall. There is that separation from God. Once that connection is reestablished, our spirit is made alive. Life is breathed on our spirit and our spirit comes back. I'll say back to life. It wasn't actually dead, but it comes back to life. And so now here we are. Amen. So we don't have to be stuck in the evil thing. It has no power over us. What is happening is, is we are trying to meet our own needs, like what we talked about, those desires we have inside of us from the time we're growing up and we're trying to meet our needs in the way that the only way we know how. So, so we have these needs, and, let, and so let me picture it. So you see that child, you go to Walmart, and there's a five-year-old who wants a toy, and throw, uh, let's back it up. There's a three-year-old who wants a toy, and he really wants that toy. All he knows is, he doesn't consciously think this through, but this three-year-old is thinking, this would be so awesome to have this toy. This would make me feel good. He wants this toy because without being able to express it, he understands that he wants it because of the feeling it will give him. He Maybe he pictures and he imagines playing with the toy or, or whatever it may be for whatever thing. And so he, he does that. The mom who's there with this three-year-old doesn't have the money to pay for that toy. Knows, you know what, we really can't afford that toy. And little Johnny has a whole toy box full of toys at home. He doesn't need that toy. And so the mom says, no, Johnny, you're not getting that toy. But little Johnny just really wants that toy. And he's starting to make a scene. So this poor mom or dad, I'm not trying to single out moms, or dad starts getting embarrassed. So in order to avoid the embarrassment and everything, they get that toy and says, okay, if you be good for the rest of the time we're in the store and you listen to me, I'm gonna, I'll get you that toy. Okay, so Johnny gets the toy and goes on. And little Johnny is so happy, gets to play with that toy for about 15 minutes, and then by the time they get home, that toy's lost all of its, and it's time for a new toy. Now, listen, we do things, okay? I'm not trying to 
rip on parents. I'm not, I'm just giving you an example of what happens. So now fast forward and Johnny's eight years old and he wants the new video game. And mom says, no, Johnny's learned that if he will throw a fit, he will get it. He doesn't think it through, I don't think most of the time. What actually most of the time ends up happening is, is Johnny is in utter distress because if he could just get that game, it would make him feel so much better and everything would be better. And if the mom really understood how great it would be if he had that game, surely she would let him have it because he really needs it. He really wants it. And so poor Johnny is experiencing their, his feelings for real. He feels like it's the, end of the world. it's the end of the world because he's not getting it because life will be so much better with it. Now, fast forward, Johnny's 16 years old and decides that he wants a new game system, goes and steals it from Best Buy and gets caught by the police and doesn't understand consequences because he's never learned. He's just under, he's grown to understand you get what you want. Now, I know that's an exaggerated thing, but listen, that plays out in each of our lives. That's a system of coping skills. How do you cope with life? Well, this is how. And so people look at people who are heroin addicts or alcoholics or any kind of substance abuse, and they look at it and they think, why can't they stop? Don't they understand the craziness don't they see what's happening? Why can't they stop? Well, because they have learned since they were three years old, not saying that it's little Johnny's mom's fault, but they have learned a set of coping skills, coping survival skills. They used those survival skills up till they got till about eight years old, and then they stopped working, so they began to use other survival skills along that and then they got up to be a teenager and they stopped working and they're feeling all of their teenager hormones and craziness and goofy chemicals being produced in their brain and they don't know how to handle it and they don't know how to process their feelings and they don't know how to process the thing of living in just for today they don't understand delayed gratification they don't understand all of this stuff because they've never learned it and so the thing of stopping doing drugs, it's impossible in their mind because they're going to experience all of the consequences for that not being there anymore. They're going to have to feel their feelings. They're going to have to deal with the reality of the consequences that brought them to that point. All of this stuff is going to come back and that's all rooted in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so we get saved, blood-bought, on our way to heaven. And those things are still going on inside of us and we don't understand. God, why won't you just do something? Why won't you make this go away? Why don't you make me stop feeling like this? Not understanding that that's not how it works. Now, will God remove the desire? Yes, he will sometimes. No, sometimes he'll remove that desire. But this is also what I've seen. He'll remove the desire for that for a time. But then at some point, you're going to have to deal with those feelings and those emotions and everything connected to that. 
And he will slowly give back your ability to experience cravings, desires, maybe not with drugs. It'll be with something else. And you're going to have to begin to learn how to deal with it. That's all part of going through the steps of maturing. You're going to have to be able to learn how to deal with consequences. You're going to have to learn how to be able to handle your emotions when you face situations. You're going to have to learn how to be able to trust in God to meet your needs rather than yourself. Because what ends up happening, like I'll give you an example from out of my life about maturity. Pam and I struggled. We were poor, poor. Eating grilled cheese for a week, poor. And we only had we only had cheese because we were on wick. We would be poor. And so we would get in a, a chunk of money. My brother and I came up with this term when we were young, our last name being Bay. We would call it being Bay Rich. We would get Bay Rich, get a little bit of money, and that'd be burning a hole in our pocket. And the whole thing of it was is because we had done without for so long and done without, we would just want to do something to soothe ourselves. And so we would spend that money on things that we shouldn't have been spending that money on because we didn't understand. Because why? Because we didn't understand how to feel our feelings and how to, how to navigate through in a mature, responsible way to be able to say, you know what, if I set this back, and I set this back, maybe treat myself just a little bit. That is one thing that we learned. You have to give yourself a little bit of an allowance that you can just spend on, no matter what you want to spend on, just waste it. But you have to be able to afford it. You have to be able to have that budget in it. So you get that little bit of allowance, you know, that twos and fews in your pocket, you know. So if you want to get that soda when you go run by Quick Trip, you can get that soda if you want, not feel guilty about it. But buddy, when them twos and fews are gone, they're gone. They're gone. Why are we talking about being poor? We're talking about needs and, and meeting our needs. Our security and when you do without for so long, we learn ways of coping to deal with our feelings. We're taught these things growing up, sometimes explicitly, sometimes implicitly. Sometimes people grow up in households where the father is very angry and verbally abusive. And so they learn, this is how you cope in this household. You walk on eggshells. Don't make dad mad. Because if dad gets mad, everybody's gonna be unhappy, right? And that's a horrible way to live. And so you end up becoming a people pleaser. The children become people pleasers, approval seekers. And so then they grow up and then they try and live in a normal world and somebody says something to them in a certain tone of voice. So you grow up in this environment of learning, walk on eggshells, don't make dad mad because of the way it makes you feel when that happens. And so then you get into a relationship of your own and that person says something a certain way and it takes you right back. And so you end up trying to appease or make this person happy. So you're trying to make this person happy. You're doing all these things that used to work on dad or on whoever. And you're doing all of this stuff, but it's not going to make them happy because they're not happy. And so they're going through that. And so you never have peace in your life. You have no peace. 
because you cannot make this person happy. But yet you will continue to do that over and over and over again because that was the pattern that you grew up in. And you pray and you say, God, help me, please. This has got to stop. And you're thinking, God, do something in my husband. Do something in my father. Do something in this other person. Help them find you, Lord, so that I don't have to keep going through this. But the problem is not them. I mean, that they may be the problem, but it's what's going on inside of you that's really your problem. And maybe because of that and the fear of rejection, you know, you can't, you can't divorce a parent. This is the crazy thing. They say kids are resilient. And they are. Kids are resilient. They're very fragile. And so what ends up happening is, is you have a parent, especially fathers with daughters. I'm a father of daughters. And I'm so thankful that God began to talk to me about this when my girls were very young so that I could learn. Because part of the reason why I, I know about angry fathers is because I was one. And I could see the look on my daughter's face. And I could see what would happen. We have to come to the point where we can rely and trust in God. And everything inside us has learned not to. Either totally to, to depend on ourselves, or if we've been taking care of all of our lives, look to other people to take care of us. To find our happiness in other people. To find our fulfillment and satisfaction in other people. And none of that will work. None of that will bring us true happiness. It's one of the things we desperately need when it comes to significance and it comes to relationships. One of the things we desperately need is to be able to experience love and unconditional love. And what I mean by that is not unconditional in that we can do whatever we want and somebody has to love us. Yeah. That's not right. The unconditional love that we are loved just because we exist. We all need that. We all need to be accepted right where we're at with who we are to be able to say, I love you no matter what. We need that. For guys, it often plays out in that we experience that through respect. For ladies, it often comes often comes through experiencing affection. Not just physical affection, but emotional affection and love that way. For guys, a lot of times it's in respect. We want to be respected for who we are, not who we should be, not who people think we should be or think who we are. We just want to be valued for who we are as a human being. When God is not in the equation and it's up to our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, we will try and meet that need Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.